0: A minute. Wait Turn, a minute. On, the Turn on the radio, my homie on. got a new show and it's time to play, it's it, time to play it I hope you, right. got you, got you got in tune. talking tone. bigger talking business. He a lot of moves. A a lot okay. a I'm Scott you're listening to WGN radio, radio AM 720. We've got a good show today. A uh, couple companies that are going to call in microventures.com is where you need to go to register, hook up your credit card and spend all of your monies, uh, all of your hard-earned monies on uh, on these startup companies. Um, so Ashley, I'm going to bring you in right off the bat because I'm here without material as per the usual. <laughs> um, not just cause of that. Uh, so have you had, you've been listening to this show now for how long have you been my producer? Now?
1: I don't know. It's been like
0: six it's been months, a while. maybe five it feels months. Like it. Yeah. It's been it's, yeah. been, it's been a decent amount. So have you found any common theme or like learned anything just passively, on all of the companies that we talk about as far as like investing like what i'm looking for here is and i i'm saying this for a reason i was talking to some people um during the week about if they're actually paying attention to opportunities like cryptocurrency or if they're like passively scrolling through Robinhood and they're investing or going through stuff like this are they actually learning anything or is it just sort of more noise
1: well for your show i definitely learned something because i write up your uh podcast dialogue thing at the yep. end, so I learn something when I do that and when I'm listening to you guys talk, but in general, if I'm passively listening to something on the radio, usually it doesn't obtain because I'm just, like, doing something else, or if I'm interested in the topic, I'll try to make more of an effort to listen to what I'm listening to. So I
0: want to ask you with that, with that as a topic, how do and this this pertains to the back half of the show because we 've got another person calling in, and I know some of the some of the listeners are not fond of my opinion on education, and there are more listeners uh, in the room who probably aren 't fond of my theories on education as well, but uh, we do have another company calling in that is trying to continue to uh, let 's call it evolve education and i I wonder if sometimes we get like too obsessed and bogged down with like the technology part of it rather than really thinking about. Like, you as a, you know, I guess you're, Are you technically you're younger than a millennial, right?
1: I'm in the, the I'm 21, so I think I'm right, I'm like at the it. end yeah, or something, you're like I'm right close. There. Yeah,
0: you're close. I, I wonder if maybe we just need to take a different approach towards like how, and this is more business, less education, like, because I think younger education is like a different thing, but how do we try to help educate you in a way that you want and welcome that education? Does that make, you know what I'm saying? Like, in, Like, I feel like, my my generation and everyone really older than me it was sort of pounded down like you will learn this you will regurgitate this until you've mastered it and like that's how it goes and for those younger than me when i when i think of my own team members when i'm trying to train so like we're doing this thing on on instagram trying to like increase like everything really um and i'm i'm like working with two of them one is slightly older than the other and the younger one like if i tell her like do this it's it's just like don't care (laughs) <laughs> and immediately, like, does goes and Google searches and finds, like, a checklist of, like, so here's what you want. Like, you told me objectively you want this. Then they just do it, and they go look for it, and you hunt it out. But if I drone at you, you're just like, I tuned you out so long ago. And then the, the person who's slightly older, who's a little closer to me, if I just tell them, like, I need this objective, there's absolutely no inclination to go search it out and do it the only way i get results is by like pounding on it and be like you must do this 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 and so i'm just curious of like maybe we just are wasting our time as we try to change the tools and things that everyone is we're trying to force new technology and new new things on our on our both our employees that are young but also students when really maybe we just need to like look differently at how we talk to you
1: yeah i a while back you said on one of the shows Uh, one of the talking points you said was my age group and even your age group and like to my age group, we don't wait for anything. Correct. We just go out and do the, the solution that'll maximize our other time to do other things that we want to do. Which I
0: appreciate. Like I, I'm like the biggest defender of your age group and, and younger to an extent. I think that the gap between what what you'd call 20, I'll say 22, 22 to 27. There's a lot of hope for to me. 20, like 19, 18, 19 to like 26 right now, there's a lot of hope. 26 and a half to like 33, you're worthless to me. You're dead to me. Why? Because they, they don't do things they on just, their own. They don't, they don't want, they're not built like you are, where you're like, it's a natural inclination to be like...
1: Maximize my time yeah, I, by like, doing things. I don't things. want you to
0: tell me yeah. more information because you're just like annoying me with your sounds. I'd True, like give me up. the
1: information that I need to know and then from there... I will come up with the solution or whatever it needs to be.
0: Like, this is a tangent that I'm continuing on. But like, (laughs) as an example, like last night, I did some Grubhub stuff. Matt Maloney, you've got things to answer for. Your Grubhub thing was not working for me last night and apparently a lot of other people. But I was using Grubhub and I had to cancel the order. Okay. And so my lovely wife said, you should call and cancel the order. And I was like doing the chatbot thing. And the reason in my head, this is why I think I'm a lot more like your demographic and age than other. The reason in my head was the minute that I turn this, and same thing with Spot Hero, by the way, uh, as soon as I call, I'm kind of committed to this. Like, I got to listen. You're going to talk to me. I got to respond. Like, my phone screen (laughs) is kind of cooked. Like, the whole thing, I'm out. On the chat, I can write my little grievance and then swipe it away and then go back to doing whatever I'm doing until it pings and says so-and-so from God knows where, responded to me like it's it enables me to keep moving keep the line moving and i feel like your demographic and younger people want to learn and do everything and anything so long as the line keeps moving
1: yeah if we have to stop and be stopped, and the people from
0: 26 to my age are herders they like to like be herded into like little little groups and they just stand there they don't do anything. They don't go anywhere. Instead
1: of breaking out and just saying, all right, you do this, you do that, you do this, let's yeah. do this, let's get this thing going and get this done with. I, like,
0: I'll give you another example to relate this back to tech. We have a, a company who we're going to have the guest on, I think, at the end of the month. Um, I, I did a, like a judging and a mentor thing with him at future founders, which by the way, I don't know if anyone who's listening to this show is, is knowledgeable into the future founders thing or is involved, but it's a great organization that helps, uh, provide grant money for student entrepreneurs. So if you're not familiar and you want to get involved, they're looking for mentors, particularly older people who've worked in business that want to get involved. Um, go to futurefounders.com, check it out. They're actually having their applications now. So if you have a kid who is, uh, you know, wanting to become an entrepreneur and they're in college or whatever, high school, uh, it's a great organization. Anyway, I bring that up because uh, one of the guys who I did this with, uh, Nick Hamburger is his name, uh, and he started a company called Quavos, which is like these little egg chips. Anyway, he'll be on the show. We'll talk more about it then. When I watch him and all of his, like, workers, it reminds me of watching, like, an anthill. They're just running fast and furiously and doing all this stuff, and, like, there's no barriers. They don't care. And then they had another couple of, of of people who came on who were a little older. They were after college. And every single re- response was like a question. Like, I'd say something, I'd ask a question, I'd get a question and response. Like, they didn't want to do it. They just wanted to be like, how would you do it? Could you do it? Like,
1: And then get your answer so they yeah, didn't have just, to, right. It, 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 it
0: just, it, it's dawning on me more and more, and it makes me think that, like, at this stage... Uh, especially as I hear the pitches from uh, from Kudu or Kudu, or how we'll figure out how to pronounce it when we get there. I don't know how to read. Uh, but I, I'm wondering if maybe we spend way too much time just talking about but also working in the tech space, like trying to change the physical instead of just like ch- adjusting how we speak and work with one another. I don't know. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, I see what you're saying. It's definitely interesting to figure out the switch in the different ages. And it happens really quick. Like, it's one age group is one way, and then that next age is a completely different way of how they were, how they tackle yeah. solutions. And I don't think it's
0: that hard to change. I mean, I don't, I don't think it's—at least for me, I don't think it's that hard for me to, to literally tell one of my people one way to do it and another. Like, that's not complicated. It's just, like, no. being mindful yeah. of what you're doing. I don't know. The whole show is— is mindless, but I'm asking you to be mindful. So, uh, we're going to take a commercial break. We are going to come back with the first of two great startups action track. Hal Wendell, CEO, is going to call in after this break. I'm Scott Catoon. This is WGN Radio, AM seven twenty. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host, Scott Catoon. We are uh, going to be joined by Hal Wendell, who is the CEO and founder of Action Track. You can go to microventures.com, scroll down uh, several little scrolls, and you will find Action Track. You can read all about it and follow along. You can invest. You can connect. You can learn all about crowdfunding in general, whatever it is you want to do. Uh, also, we're going to post this to Technori's uh, all social pages, so Technori on Facebook, on Instagram, on wherever you do, on, on Twitter, everywhere, anywhere you want to go. Uh, so with that said, I want to bring in Hal. Hal, are you there?
2: I am. Hi, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How about you?
0: I'm doing very well. Um, so I assume you know the the gist here. You're going to have 60 seconds to make your pitch on why we and those fine people listening should want to invest in ActionTrack. And then I want to sit sure. down and, and chat with you for a couple of minutes on uh, how you built it, why you built it, all that kind of stuff. Does it make sense? Sure.
2: Great. Makes right. perfect sense. Then
0: I will let you take it away right now.
2: Okay, hi. Um, I'm the CEO founder of Action Track, Hal Wendell, and just a quick uh, quick uh, synopsis here of what makes the company attractive from an investment perspective is that it's one of the few firms that has a suite of products uh, that it, that includes uh, employee recognition, e-card applications, messaging, survey, all integrated together, designed for to give managers a day-to-day connection with employees. Today, those connections are typically through email or through hallway conversations, and it all gets lost, it's hard to archive, it's hard to access. ActionTrack changes the paradigm and delivers uh, this day-to-day management capability to managers, but it also greatly benefits employees because employees now feel rewarded, they feel connected, uh, they feel measured, um, and so it's, uh, it's been a uh, very, it's been successful so far. We're growing reasonably quickly, um, and looking for additional funding to really scale the business. Scott, is that a good, yeah, that, that works.
0: Um, so tell me a little bit about the basis of like why you created this. What was the, what was that aha moment for you that, that made you realize this? Cause I, you know, I just want to add, you know, context to this, you know, running a company especially running a company like I do, which deals with a lot of small companies as as part of the business model, Um, staying connected, everyone is like, it's both a blessing and a curse, right? It's like, I I don't want to be overbearing. I also don't want to be annoying to myself where it's like, I've got to look at a thousand emails. So, you know, Slack has picked up a lot of quote unquote Slack uh, in that problem, but there's still a lot of holes. I still can't really reward people and it works fine for a small team but it gets larger then all of a sudden you start to lose context so like tell me a little bit about where you were like oh there's a there's a problem and this is what i want to do to solve it
2: absolutely um you you it, it, it's uh so i ran a fairly large organization and i i uh, i had over 200 people in my in my group and I found it uh, I, I found that the ninety eight percent of the way we communicated was through email so I would send an email to Scott and say, Good job, Scott Well at the end of the three months or six month review I would have to go find that email um, and yeah you know, we spend every manager dreads the performance management review right you you look in your archive emails you you try to remember conversations you have with employees, and then you cobble together their six-month or 12-month review. And that was really the pain point that I was struggling with, and I saw a huge void in this kind of day-to-day connection with employees, because what I really should be able to do at the end of three or six or 12 months is simply aggregate all the data that I've collected through the year. It shouldn't be harder than that, and today it is. So ActionTrack helps solve that issue. Now, the other flip side of it is the employee side. The employees are, you know, the millennial generation uh, uh, in particular are really the thumbs-up generation, right? They look for input. But, you know, when they post something on Instagram, they expect they're going to get uh, comments. They're gonna, they expect to get recognition. But what happens when they join the workforce they may not get recognized for three to twelve to six months, and then they and then they get the slap on the back that says, "Okay, good job." So, so that dynamic really needs to uh, get aligned with the reality of what the millennial and the newer generations are looking for. And it's and it's good to give feedback, right? It's good to give an employee feedback. There, there's nothing negative about it. So, it, so Action Track delivers a win for both employees and a win for managers.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally, I, I totally get what yep. you're saying. Yeah, it, it's so. What do you think about what Action Track does that will make this? Um, I'm going to go with the line of just like millennials, but like just how how does it help both millennials and non millennials? I call them old buffalo. Like, how do you how, how do you sure. how does this help both people using? Because what I see is that is one of the big challenges with businesses that are integrating different, you know, particularly different demographics and tech is one of those places where a lot of times the sales teams tend to skew older at the executive level at least and then the tech team can be a little bit younger is that the the tech people the young people don't want to work on a slow old fashioned hierarchical sort of strategy methodology the older people want accountability at every level they don't want this like kind of slick quick pop 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 you know notification thing they want it they want to know, like, I want a full sentence with a period at the end of it. How do you get these people right. together to where they're one is not feeling like they're wasting time and the other one doesn't feel like they're being, you know, basically shorted, if that makes sense?
2: Well, it, it does. It makes perfect sense. Um, in some respects, we make the, I'll call it the older guard jobs, a little more straightforward. Um they don't like digging in the emails. They don't like going through all that manual um, effort either. They also don't like losing employees. And they also like hitting their numbers, right? So if you don't have a system like ActionTrack in place, I'm not, I'm not saying ActionTrack is the panacea that's going to make every company hit their objectives. Well, you're trying to raise some if money here, so a, you should say that. <laughs> this is the, but this is you, the ultimate solution. Well, no, I, no I, I agree. But if you have a motivated workforce, if you have a workforce that's not turning over at 30%, 40%, um, if you have a way of communicating with that workforce and engaging the workforce, you're going to get back the what we call lost productivity days, right? And those lost productivity days go right to the bottom line. So if you're running at a roughly 130 productivity days a year, which is typical for a company out of 260, and you can buy back 10 or 15 days, of work, of real work, that's aligned with the company uh, and not employees wasting time, uh, not employees working on the wrong items, not employees feeling disenfranchised, then you as a company are going to have a much higher probability of better results. And there are studies that show companies with more motivated employees Stock prices do much better over time than companies that have uh, that have had a disenfranchised workforce.
0: No question about it. Uh, where do people go to learn more about Action Track?
2: So visit actiontrack dot net and track is T R A C no K dot net. And feel free to click on the Contact Us button, and we'll be happy to respond to questions. I'm happy to set up a call if you're if you're interested, in potentially, in investing or even being a user. Uh, just use that Contact Us form, and we'll get right back to you and, and and set up a call and set up a follow-up.
0: Sounds great. All right, we are going to take a quick commercial break, and we will come back uh, with the news at some point after that. So thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time, Hal. I'm Scott Katune. That was Hal an Action Track from Micro Ventures. We're going to go back to our commercial break. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm your host Scott Katoon. You are listening to WGN Radio AM 720. We are going to have another Startup Showcase uh, presenter coming up here in two seconds. If you want to learn more about um, what Technori does, you can go to technori.com. Listen to the podcast. On Spotify, on Apple, wherever you listen to your podcasts, you can follow us on social at Technorian, follow me. I always like to say in the in the actual podcast, you can file all of your complaints with me at Katoon, but I guess, I don't know. Maybe you don't have complaints. Maybe I have complaints. I have no idea. Anyway, we have a cool, I think a cool guest coming in here. Uh, Kadoo, Dr. Warren Essie is going to be uh, coming on the show in two seconds to pitch the company. I talked about it with Amy for like five seconds before we came into the show I just think that this is like what tipped off the beginning of the show, right? Like, I I think that there's some cool uses of technology for education, and not just education in schools, but like educating, training companies. Like, there's just, there are technology use cases with like AR and VR and things that I think could really change the dynamic for how we experience education and learning. But I just wonder if sometimes we're going about it the wrong way. So maybe Dr. Warren will be the person I can ask that question. We shall see. Dr. Warren, are you there?
3: (coughs) Yeah, I'm um, here. Yeah. Scott.
0: Excellent. Um, so here's the deal. You are going to have 60 seconds to tell me what Kudu, uh, what the problem it solves for, how it solves it, and what we should do as far as investing in it and why. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. All righty. I'm going to give you 60 seconds. Ready, set, go.
3: Okay, great. Well, firstly, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, so simply put, Kudu is reimagining what a textbook is in the modern age. So I'm sure that most of your listeners are familiar with why people hate textbooks you pay two, $300 for a static printed book that hasn't changed much in decades. Uh, you might be less familiar with the fact that textbook companies now charge an extra 70 or 80 bucks to get access to the online homework, and most campuses are using this since they lost the funding for human graders about 10 years ago. Uh, and then any professor trying to incorporate modern teaching practices has to have their students buy an additional polling device and probably uses an online learning management system to post digital materials. So we thought this was crazy, Um, and so Kudu was born. Uh, So Kudu combines all the key elements into one package. We have the textbook content that takes full advantage of the fact that it's designed to be digital from day one. We include online homework and the ability to do in-class polls and quizzes with live stats. We've invested heavily in high-quality pre-lecture videos, and every last aspect of Kudu is customizable so a professor can add her own content in seamlessly with ours. And the kicker, the whole package costs just $50, and students get a lifetime access to the materials so we know it's a game changer but more importantly the professors and students using kudu absolutely love us
0: excellent tell and me, yeah, uh, tell me no thank you i, I appreciate it. that's a great you did a great job um tell me how you got into this how you recognize this problem because <clears throat> as a as a person who's been involved in education whether as a student or whatever for my whole life and surrounded by educators uh, they all have a different complaint or gripe about the process, whether it's the books or how they carry it or the kids haven't used the yeah. iPad or how they grade it. Um, there's a million complaints across. We actually have uh, our big partners with locally here, Red Shelf, which does a lot of the textbook stuff. Um, but you're right. It's, it's very disjointed. There's like little pockets that do things all over the place and it's not well put together. When did you recognize that there's an issue and how did you recognize it and, and start going this way?
3: Yeah, so with most great ideas, it's a bit of luck. Um, My partner is actually a professor at UCLA. Uh, He was my old PhD advisor in the physics space. Um, I got a chance to get a job at Google as a software engineer, so after my PhD, I went there for four years, but I was still really good friends with my advisor and carrying on research, so I kept a side appointment at UCLA. So I had this weird overlap between the technology world and being right there in one of the big academic universities. And... We actually tried to set up multiple projects with UCLA, even had Google as a partner on one of them, and we just they kept failing because they weren't trying to solve the problems for the professors. The technology companies would create great open-source technology and just give it to the partners, but these professors didn't have time to go build things. The professors didn't have great funding, and we realized, well, there's actually like this overlap that if you did it all in one place, if you built the technology but also became the content company that built all the content and had the whole package ready to go, that you could just hand these two professors and they could get onto this new system without having to give up 10 or 20 hours of their own time to figure things out and build their own stuff. Um, And that was the aha moment. And, you know, we've never found a professor that doesn't like what we do when we go in and talk to them.
0: So I guess, you know, walk me through that process then a little bit, because the the professor, you're right, and I think this actually is like part of a bigger conversation, but I, I think that a lot of the technology... And not just tech, like I'm using the word ubiquitously, like the actual strategy, the process, all these things that are being rebuilt and retooled are very rarely, and this of course is not surprising, it's similar to any other industry, uh, are never built for the actual operators. They're always built for like the managers who need to determine whether or not this is successful. Uh, Obviously, you hope it's for the kids, but usually, uh, as you know from Google, there's very little empathy um, that is spent in in this particular market similar to like lawyers like there's just tech companies do a good job of empathizing usually big large industries don't students that are having the technologies built for them and the processes built for them are being built by people who are like five times their age and so therefore they cannot empathize with what that that child is doing what about what you're doing makes up the difference how is it different so that the professor in particular is being able to put this in play better faster quicker and so that the students and the people who actually have to use this are are benefiting directly you talked about how you know how you recognize it but how walk me through the actual process
3: yeah so this is actually kind of key that we realized that everyone's designing around what's good for the students which is great but they were never getting into the classrooms at the biggest and best universities with the reason being that that professor is not a high school teacher they're a research professor Uh, They're required to teach, but their pay, their promotion, their tenure is all based off their research, and they spend a lot of time on research. So if you come in with an extra tool and you tell them, well, this tool will help the students, that's all great, but if it costs them time in their research, it hurts their career. And they've given no incentive by the university to hurt their career for good teaching. So this is why when everyone kept designing great new tools that were maybe fancy and flashy and even proven to be good for students, they would never get good adoption at the best universities, you know, the really big campuses like UCLA. Um, and so on. So we realized we first need to solve that problem. We need to make sure that what we're doing helps the professor. we said, well, what are they actually doing? Well, they're using a bunch of tools right now, and the textbook is really prevalent, and they're really comfortable with that. So let's start with redesigning the actual textbook and then add the technology on top. So when we come and we say, look, we're just swapping out your familiar tool. It's got the same chapter structure you used to, but we've also added video. Oh, and we've also added, you know, online auto-grading homework with feedback. Oh, and you can also do in-class polls, which research shows helps. But, you know, if you just want to swap out that $200 textbook for our $50 one that's better and has all these tools, you know, it's going to take you no time. It's one for one the same, and you don't have to go manage all that other technology that right now you're using on top of it. Um, and that was the key. You have to get in the classroom first, then you can help the students. So, one
0: question I've got for you on more of the business side of this is like, how do you, um, how do you fend off or fight off the the big book companies that have a obviously clearly vested interest in, in, in having these expensive books bought? I mean, this yeah. th- this reminds me of the same kind of battle that like college again, not to go to the college route, but like the college have colleges have with uh, with like Nike where, like, the coach signs a contract, so everyone's on Nike. And so, like, unless you're willing to to cut the coach out of the deal, you're going to be wearing Nike. This is a similar thing where, like, there's so many reasons that the the schools are sort of hooked that it's hard to to transplant. So how how do you do that? How do you deal with that just from a business side? Like, for you, how do you combat that?
3: Yeah. So we're actually starting first again, like I said, with these big, most reputable research universities, which, from a business point of view, makes sense because there's a high concentration of students there, and also, you know, sure. there's millions in um, in just a few campuses. But the key there is these tenured professors can do what they want. Okay, so you don't send salespeople in to try convert them. They don't listen to salespeople. They don't take emails. It was key that we started this from the inside. My partner being a professor, me having years on the academic side and reputation, that we got access to departments to talk to them about what we're doing and seeing it as a movement as a partner to academia, not an outside um, entity trying to sell them something. We went one step further then and we said, okay, we're going to make everything customizable so that everyone can contribute. And we pay for people to contribute. So we get professors in, we pay them to author some content, to make it very, you know, custom to what they want. Um, And then they more than likely want to use it in their classroom then, but then they become advocates for us. And we work really strong in a networking approach. We have You know, right now, more than 20 professors building content with us. Um, They become great brand advocates, um, and they're, you know, then they pass on to other campuses, who then we also bring on people to help build more content. So we get this great resource of dozens of professors, you know, contributing to make the textbooks better. But at the same time, they become an extremely powerful internal sales force for us.
0: So you know can you I don't know if if you have the information on you or whatever but like can you talk a little bit about the the growth and, and the company itself like how how is Kadu doing uh, financially what does it look like and and you know and so forth so that people can take a look at the investment
3: yeah it's been fantastic so yeah right now we're actually on six campuses um you know uh, UCLA was the one we started on but we've uh, spread around to other campuses in California and actually even now've gone as far as the East Coast we have uh, Syracuse and RPI. Um, and a few more of the big campuses coming on in the next semester. Um, so we're have you know we're expanding campus-wise. What we also want to do is expand in the subject space and build a, a bigger catalog. So we started in physics and astronomy um, because my partner and I came out of that space. We have a very extensive network, and we could quality check everything. Um, so physics is launched um, at all six of these campuses. It's cash flow positive and making money, but we want to build other subjects. So we just launched chemistry now at UCLA, Um, We want to launch biology. We want to close out physics by covering not just the lower division courses but also the advanced courses. And so this is the big reason for raising capital. We could just grow organically right now. Um, Our revenue is growing, you know, 3X per year. Our run rate is at almost half a million a year. Um, But what we need right now is to go and build, you know, a dozen to two dozen extra courses where we've already have professors lined up ready to go. um, And we just need the capital to build them out as quick as possible um and get past that organic growth and really go for that hockey stick growth um as quick as possible.
0: So tell me real quick before we we're coming up against the break here, but I I just want to get a, a better sense of how this can scale. So I look at this company um and I'm wondering how much money and obviously let's let's assume that you have the the verticals you've listed. So we're not gonna add anything else here. How how much money does an individual university represent potentially to you?
3: So millions easy. So each uh, large course we launch. Um, the students pay, if it's a year-long course, $75, if it's a single semester, 50 And they can enroll normally two to 4,000 students per year per subject. So, you know, at UCLA and UCSD, uh, just physics alone is valued at about one hundred and fifty dollars to $200,000 a year. As we launch chemistry, it's the same size, mathematics, economics. So each campus grows in subjects. And then every time you get a new big campus, each subject that you can get into again generates an extra 150 200 thousand dollars per year per subject so, per campus. So it scales I, really well with campuses and subjects.
0: Yeah. So am I am I right in assuming then that if I'm if I created a general ed version of this, that I could then take every kid and assume that every class is basically between 50 and 75 bucks a head, um, that you could package it and offer up like a 399 package for every single student, and they knew that they were basically hooked all the way through is that
3: yeah i go with goal would hopefully to build a uh, wide enough catalog where we can you know provide an all-you-can-eat type option um for now we're just charging per subject we are so much cheaper than the textbook guys yep. we're almost viewed as free now you're talking about um, language we're, we're,
0: now you're talking my language because I, I i'm looking at this and i was trying to figure out like how you were going to turn the key and like i i got understand everything you were saying but like there was there, i was missing a component here now that i look at this and i can understand how you stack them and you could basically look at every university and whatever the, like, the baseline is, and then you build special stuff on top of it, you could really quickly, basically, the unit economics makes sense, I guess, is what I'm, what I'm getting at. I, that, that was yeah. the part that I was like, how do you make this work? The other thing I, I really like about this, uh, now having kind of heard the story, is the fact that, um, the professors themselves, who, as you said, are not incentivized to teach necessarily as much as the research, you sort of actually kind of hang a carrot over their head so that they negotiate for you to the university because they're saying, I want to be featured in this book, I want to have my my teachings in it, my writings in it, my research in it, uh, which is currently, you know, limited to very few professors. You could actually really... Um, it's sort of like medium.com, but for teachers. Like, you could make them the teachers themselves be the source of the content across the the whole world or country in this particular case. That, that content incentive is interesting as well.
3: Yeah, exactly. And, and it, you know, it's really a resource for us. You know, like, right now the textbook companies use two or three authors to cover a subject. Yep. We get the input of you know dozens of people that are actually teaching on the ground, and so our quality gets higher than theirs very quickly because we interview. If you, if you every figure it out right, weeks.
0: there's there's cl- clearly going to be little inflection points. It will be a challenge to make sure that like you know differing opinions are settled in a way that's quick enough for you to run business around it. But that said, um, if you figure out the right mixture, I, I think you really could do something quite impressive with this. So uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, thank Dr. You. S.E. Uh, I, I, I like this. This is interesting. Um, so well, where you. do people go to learn more about it?
3: So, I mean, we're at kudu.com, K-U-D-U.com, to see the actual product. Uh, but we're at MicroVentures right now doing a crowdfunding equity raise. Um, and, again, that money is going straight into building these new subjects to launch. That turn straight into revenue.
0: Very cool. I thank you very much for coming on, and uh, hopefully people go check it out.
3: Well, thank you very much, that. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Of course. Have a good weekend. All righty, folks. We're going to take one more commercial. We're going to come back. I'm going to give you sort of my verdict on which one of these two companies I would go for and why or why not. Um, and then from there, I believe uh, we're going to have some Dane Neal crosstalk at some point. which I'm looking forward to. Dane and I have been in, we've been exchanging text messages. He's listening to the show on the radio. I, I want to start engaging Dane more on the tech side, and he can help me figure out where the hell to eat my restaurant food lovings. Because like, I love all the barbecue, but I don't know where to go. So anyway, we'll take a commercial break. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Startup Showcase. I'm Scott Catoon. You've been listening to me the last, uh, what, 55 minutes is drone on about Startups which is about right for a Saturday from 1 to 2 p.m., I would say. Uh, if you want to learn more about it, you want to get more involved with Technori and events and all kinds of stuff and investing companies, go to technori.com, subscribe to the newsletter. You can go to our events for free. You should be listening to the podcast. It's like this, but better and shorter, and I swear a lot, uh, which is a lot better than this, right? So you should check that out. Uh, my final kind of take on these companies... I don't know if you noticed it and when you listen to these shows, it's very I'm obviously all over the place. If you looked in studio, you can go to like WGenerator.com and actually watch me in studio. There's papers flying, coffee spilling everywhere. Uh, that's about what what goes on behind the scenes and it's probably evident when you're listening. But there is some sort of like method to this madness. Um, I try to get the startup companies to tell me their story. I like to jump off of the company and then on to like how they got to this position because it usually enables me to sort of identify this, like call it an unfair advantage or whatever. For both companies, they both sort of showed it, right? They Cadu showed the unfair advantage for him is that he was obviously a professor and did that sort of stuff and had an inside track that at the top universities, the research universities, uh, professors themselves are not really focused on this. And so, um, you know, there was a, a potential for something to be solved for. There's a problem that could be potentially uh, solvable <clears throat> on the other side action track uh similar kind of thing Worked for a bunch of companies Recognized that engagement for one group of people in the business and engagement for the other didn't look the same trying to figure out a way to sort of make that universal here's where it all gets interesting to me at least it all comes down to unit economics you've got to figure out and this doesn't mean that both companies are successful or will fail or one will or one won't what it comes down to is like can i measure this can i put this into terms that mathematically make sense and I look at Action Track, and I'm thinking, potentially, you look at every single business, however many users, you charge them per user. The question there is sustainability. I look at uh, younger people like notifications and like the the sort of digital experience, uh, aka uh, Asana, as an example. It operates very much like social media. Slack operates very much like social media, but the difference is that they use it differently. They use it to communicate internally. And that's a big difference. Measuring me and my success and my operational stuff, that's, uh, it gets kind of challenging to me at least, uh, with regard to whether I want to know and be notified of every single thing that happens. And, and I don't know if I want my employer, I, I don't know. That's the one part that I, I have a question on. As far as could do it 's pretty simple if in fact he can get all the professors across all the universities to jump onto this sort of we create the content for you, we package everything into one the schools save a lot of money the students save a lot of money. the professors are happy because it 's more uh, it works more in line with their work style It, it makes perfect sense right fifty to seventy five dollars per person two thousand people per per group class, one hundred and fifty thousand to two hundred thousand per topic within each college makes sense it 's millions of dollars per university. The question there is. Can he make that happen and get the professors and the universities to want to use content across multiple universities? That's my big question. I don't know. I I think I'm going to hold off on both of them, but I I admire if I had to pick one, I would say could do because it's it's easier to get adoption if, in fact, or I should say it's easier to scale if, in fact, you get adoption. But you guys choose for yourself. Check it out, microventures.com. This has been a, a fun little Saturday for me, the Startup Showcase. I'm hoping I'll be back next week. But in lieu of that, we will kick it over here. Let's see. Uh, we are going to go to the... Let's see. Sorry. Oops, oh, sorry. Steve Cochran Show celebrates the most valuable person on the planet weekday mornings at 7.20 on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users, just say play WGN Radio on TuneIn. The news is sponsored by Grainberry. It is probably late, 2 o'clock. Here's Bob Kessler.